The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast. I'm Zeeshan Khan. After a one-month-plus hiatus, uh, I am back, and boy, is it good to be back. Uh, not much stuff happened in the sports world. Uh, kind of in the last month, it's kind of a dead month, but uh, a lot of stuff coming up uh, in the next couple weeks and months, uh, especially the NFL season coming up. But today, uh, I'll be talking about the Pakistani cricket team and uh their current series that they have going on versus the England national team with uh, their test matches, one-day international matches, and the one-off 2020. And uh, joining me to get into all this, cricket connoisseur, joining me from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Anis. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. No problem. Thanks for coming on once again. So, uh... Just uh, with this whole series with England, uh, it kind of brings up some sort of bad memories for Pakistani fans, especially back in 2010 with the match-fixing scandal, with uh, the main uh, player going off and getting suspended from that match-fixing scandal. Had a lot of promise, a lot of talent at that point. I believe he was 18, 19 years old at that point, and really looked like he was going to have a promising uh, career, but it kind of got derailed at that moment for for the time being. Uh, that player being Muhammad Amir. So uh, just kind of your thoughts on uh, his five-year ban and then uh, his first time returning to England for this test series against England. And kind of just kind of your thoughts on the overall return of, of uh, Muhammad Amir and how you think he's playing since he's come back. Well, I think it was, a, it was a comeback for the whole team, um, uh, considering uh, getting ex- Amr accepted by the English record board, uh, allowing him to play in England, uh, granting him visa to come to England, even though um, the betting sc- scandal did happen in England. Uh, it was it was a really unfortunate turn in his career. He was it was he, I think he just turned 18 at the time. And uh, from what I know, the facts that I know and what I believe is I think he was just shown that it's not a big deal. Uh, do a couple no balls and you'll get this much money. We'll still with the game. No one, no one gets hurt out of this. Just get a little bit of money. All right, yeah, definitely. Uh, so sure it's easy for the older players, especially the captain of the Pakistan cricket team at the time, Salman, but talking him into it. Um, but he did serve his time, uh, and then he worked very hard to come back. He worked uh, on the first-class level in the, in Pakistan. Then uh, he finally made, made his comeback in the Switzerland series. And uh, it's, I think it was a big moment for him to get to play at Lord England again. I think that was the real comeback. Um, obviously, he hasn't been like he was 
2010, but I think it'll take a little bit of time and a little bit of luck because there's been a lot of drop catches and mishaps in the field, uh, how the fielding is set and whatnot. So I think I think it'll take a little bit of time, but he's still only 23, um, turning 24, I think, soon, and uh, he still has a long way to go because a lot of Pakistani cricketers, they start their career in their mid-20s to late-20s. All right, definitely. Those are great points. Uh, with uh, Mohammed Amir, uh, he grew up kind of idolizing legendary uh, Pakistani bowler Wasim Akram. A lot of people kind of had the expectation that he would kind of be the next Wasim Akram, or and in some some uh, cases kind of surpass him. Do you think uh, because of the suspension with the match fixing scandal that he's kind of uh, ruined his chances of becoming kind of like a Wasim Akram legendary type bowler or do you think he still has a lot of years ahead of him to kind of uh, get to that level? Well, I, I, I think right now they don't have a consistent opening uh, they only have two consistent opening bowlers fast bowlers Pakistan team right now is Wahab Riyaz and uh, uh, Mohammed Amir uh, but uh, I think they're going to keep him, they're going to work on him. And uh, Vaseem Akram hasn't had a clean history as to coming to the betting scandal as well. If uh, um, I'm, pretty, um, I'm pretty sure he's had a few suspensions and uh, he's had a lot of scandals, but uh, nothing to this, this way where it's all proved and on video. But uh, he, he had some, some suspensions too, he had to work his way back. Um, but Mohammed Amir, he took a hit right at the beginning of his career when he was breaking all sorts of records when he was 17, just turning 18, you know. So it kind of still hurts. And that, and the year before is when uh, Pakistan and uh, Sri Lanka cricket team got attacked in Pakistan and then all the international cricket was banned in Pakistan. Still now, uh, except for the Zimbabwe series. So around that time, a lot of stuff happened and Pakistan is still trying to recover from those hits in 2009 and 2010. Okay, I definitely. Uh, so um, it's really going to be interesting to see uh, not only Muhammad Amir, but some other uh, young players on Pakistan. Uh, one of those young players uh, who really has, in my opinion, a bright opportunity to step into the fold in this test uh, series and the ODI series versus England is Sami Aslam. Uh, what do you, what do you, uh, is your opinion on Sami Aslam on his prospects for the future? I think uh, he could be a long-term opening batsman. Uh, he's only 20 years old, and uh, he, he's, he's just so mature and calm at the crease. Uh, uh, both of the innings that he played, he had 80-something in one, 70-something in the other. Um, he just comes, he just plays his innings. Um, he can, he can uh, block out the noise as to if uh, he will play his He'll be confident no matter what if the wickets are falling on the other end or if we're not getting runs. But he'll he'll get his performance done. Um, he only played one match, but he he was the only one who who played consistently in both the innings in that match. Um, and he's only 20 years old. Um, I think uh, he could be. I, he might not be the great side Anwar, but uh, I think he could be could follow in his footsteps and give us a really the, the five to ten years as an opener. Okay, definitely. Uh, uh, getting into the, I guess the the test matches that uh, took place between Pakistani and England. 
Uh, Pakistan ended up winning uh, two of those matches. They won the first match by 75 runs. Then England uh, really uh, beat up on them on Pakistan pretty well the next two matches, and then Pakistan was able to close it out in the last, winning by 10 wickets in the last match. So, kind of, what was your overall take on the four Test matches that England and Pakistan played? I, I the one thing I really don't get is why do they have an even number of matches to begin with? I understand that there will be draws in there, but still, you gotta have odd number of matches just to give them a chance. So it could have been a really good fifth Test match if it was scheduled, you know, uh, to take all to take all the marbles. Um, would have been a really important test match because uh, England moved down to f- uh, fourth, I think, and uh, Pakistan was in second. So if England had won the fifth test match, they would have gained a lot of points and Pakistan would not have been in number one. But if Pakistan won, they would have been in number one even before the test in uh, uh, India versus West Indies was washed out. So I've, my first take is always have an odd number of matches so you can have a clear winner. Uh, secondly, uh, Pakistan, the test clearly in all the three formats, our test team is the best, and right now it's the best in the world. Um, and it's because we have a we have a Yunus Khan, Mista, uh, these two players to lead uh, and have experience deal with stuff. Um, in one day and T20, we have a lot of new players coming in, not a lot of experience going. Um, so, I think the test series is great. The third match. Should have ended in a draw, but England bowled beautifully and got four wickets in the span of 23 balls and getting only one run at that, and that was the turning point. And they won the match, got Pakistan cricket team all out uh, before day's end, and uh, they won the match. But in the second match, uh, and I'm uh, sorry, in the in the fourth and the final Test match, Yunus uh, Khan with that double century was just unreal. Uh, he wasn't, his form wasn't that good coming into that innings, and a lot of people were, have, a lot of people have been doubt, doubting him for a while, that if he still has it, or he should just retire or hang it up, and uh, he even took me by shock, I was not expecting that. Um, even a century would have, would have been way more than I could have asked for, but he got a double century, and that was the difference maker to win the second match by 10 wickets. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I mean, Yunus Khan was amazing. I mean, he had a, it was really sluggish in the first three matches, first three test matches versus England, but definitely came up big with the double century. And uh, now he has six double centuries, tying him with Javed Miandad for most in Pakistani history, test history, and also joining some other legends like Varendar Sehwag, Sachin Tendulkar, Ricky Ponting. So, I mean, he's really put himself in some elite company, and he's... Definitely got to be considered one of the greatest uh, test batsmen of all time. Uh, what is your overall take on him? I mean, he's turning, he just turned 38. And uh, do you think he still has, how much do you think he still has left in the tank for test matches in the future? I, th- I think he's going to, Mispa and Yunus Khan will play the next. The uh, series, test series with the Indies and the series with Australia, and uh, after that they will have to decide. But I think, I, I think both of them can give us another two years in test cricket. Um, both of them are batsmen, uh, but they don't have to. They don't have to be bowling, so they're not tying themselves out in the field uh, 
Uh, I think they can stick it out, but both of them are retired from one day and T24 match, so I think they still got a little bit of fuel left in the tank. And if we don't have these experienced players in um, test cricket, and in test cricket, it's all about patience and experience. Um, you don't need explosiveness in test cricket. Um, you don't need a high strike rate in test cricket. You don't need a lot of shot, uh, a lot of boundaries in test cricket. Uh, consecutive boundaries, consistent boundaries. You just need to have patience and experience to win matches. So, I think I think they, if they leave, uh, we're gonna take a big fall in the rankings and in our test series. All right, definitely, I agree. And then. A big reason why Pakistan has is now number one in test uh, the test rankings is because of their captain Misbahul Haq, and of course Yunus Khan, as we mentioned. Yunus Khan in the last three years a, a 63, almost a 63 run average in the batting, and Yasser Shah as well has been excellent on the bowling side. 95 wickets in the last three years and 16 across 16 tests. So, uh, I mean, and Mispa and Yunus Khan have accounted for about 40% of the, the team's runs in like the last three, four years. So what is, what is the difference going to be for Pakistan? I mean, what, did they, what do they ultimately have to do to kind of climb in the rankings on the, in the ODI and the 2020 side? Uh, in the one-day international, I think uh, they have to change the captain. Azhar Ali is a great guy. Um, he's, a, he's a great batsman, but he's not a great captain. And uh, uh, I think you need you need a captain who can switch up the bowling when needed to, throw in a surprise bowler here and there, take those risks, set the field accordingly. There's been a lot of matches where, where the bowlers haven't been used properly and the captain makes the decision who's bowling next. And, uh, and then they cost you the match. And Azhar Ali had only played 14 one-day internationals before. He was called into one-day international and made the captain after Misfar retired from one-day international. And uh, ever since he came, uh, we've dropped out of the top eight rankings for the first time in our history. And if this keeps on going, for, if we're not in the top eight and next year at this time, then we'll actually have to... Play a, uh, play a qualifying round qualify for the 29, 2019 World Cup. So definitely we have to make some immediate, immediate changes. And uh, of course, with anything with Pakistan, there's a lot of polit politics involved. So I don't know, there's a lot of players that have been overlooked um, that should be playing, but they're bringing some of them back because uh, the chief selector in Imam al-Haq is back. Um, they brought Babar Azam back to the side in one-day international. He's a great player. Uh, I think for one-day international, they, give, they need to give the captaincy to Shoei Malik. Uh, he's a very consistent batsman, very consistent fielder, and a very consistent bowler. And he has the most experience in one-day international on that team by far. Um, uh, he used to get the captaincy. Uh, he knows which bowlers to put in because he's a bowler himself. Um, and uh, he's not as timid as uh, Azhar Ali is and, uh, or Woko. Um, uh, um, also, from the management side, we have to put in players that you can, uh, you know, get more than a couple matches and then you switch them. 
Uh, that's been the biggest problem, that if a batsman doesn't, if you try a new batsman and he doesn't perform for a couple matches, you just throw him out and you just try a new one. Uh, I think that's where our shortfall is. And uh, okay. uh, we, need to, we need to find a batsman. In one day international, you can have test batsmen in one day international, like Sami Aslam, uh, Mansoor, um, uh, because in one international, you can play a little bit of slow, a slow innings as an opener and set, it, set, it, set up score for the rest of the team to come in the late overs and do a little bit of hitting and get a decent score. But for T20, our our team is not as bad as one international but because T20 is a format where there's a lot of players that can come and play. Because in T20, you only need to play 15 to 20 balls an inning to get a high score, to get an average of 30, which is a really decent average in T20. So... In T20, we have a lot of options. That will just be on the management side because it's a shorter format. A lot There's a lot of players that can, that can handle that kind of format. A T20 will be fine, but I think our biggest concern right now is funding the international cricket. We've never been outside of the top eight, eight ranking, and it's just an embarrassment. All right, definitely. And as we all know, uh, Cricket World Cup, the one coming up in 2019, is a one-day international format. So... Uh, do you think uh, ultimately that the difference between the test and the ODI team is a kind of a lack of experience, a lack of like culture, continuity type thing? Do you think ultimately uh, building with the young guys along with the older guys like Shoheb Malik, do you think that will ultimately build some sort of culture that uh, Pakistan at this point and their one-day international team looks to be lacking? Uh, I... I think one of the biggest steps that Pakistan cricket team has taken that's, that, that's being overlooked is bringing in Zimam al-Haq as a chief selector. Um, and why that, why that is important is not because he was up there in the 92 World Cup team um, or that he was a coach of Afghanistan or he was one of the best batsmen of all time in cricket, but, but the fact that he got selected um, not out of... Uh, not out of a good first-class team. He just got selected by Imran Khan, who was captain at the time, and he wanted to select his own team for the World Cup. And he guaranteed that if he selects his own team off the street, if he wants to get, get, uh, get bring un- unknown, undrafted players or unknown players, uh, he should be allowed to, and he did. And he brought a few, and one of them was in Islamalak, and he turned out to be one of the best batsmen that Pakistan has ever seen. And that's what I think and Imam al-Haq will bring to the table is to not follow the culture that's already there of politics and bringing people that have connections or that have only played, that have enough resources to make it to the first class and then they do good there, but also to bring people who don't have those resources and they're playing just on the ground, just locally or just, you know, friendly matches or really small leagues that don't get looked at uh, closely enough. So I think... uh, He's part of the reason why Sami Aslam got that chance. And uh, he, I think in the next year or two, and he's going to make a lot of changes like this, where, where most, of, most of my hope lies. Uh, I think as long as they do not change the captain and they do not bring another two or three players that are still fit to play and that have experience, one day international team is not going to get better. Okay, definitely. And then uh, you mentioned Inzamam al-Haq uh, recently being named the selector of Pakistan and one of his first moves as the selector was hiring uh, Mickey Arthur as the new head coach uh, 
What did you think of the hire? Uh, and do you think is he's kind of just a bridge to another kind of coach, or do you think he's a long-term solution? You know, I think when, whenever you bring a coach to Pakistan, there's a lot of concerns and a lot of things you have to agree with to come. Um, there will be a lot of uh, a pressure from political pressure for you to deal with. There will be a lot of fan pressure to deal with. There will be a lot of player pressure to deal with. Um, uh, because uh, Pakistan international cricket players, they're all celebrities. Um, and some of them have really big egos. So you have to deal with not just, uh, you know, one or two. It's like the whole team. So you have to deal with like 15 players like that. And uh, Mickey Arthur coming in here, he accepted all those. There's always a safety issue. Uh, if you're practicing in Pakistan with the team and you're living there for outsiders, um, but but they, they've they've addressed his concerns and uh, he will be away from his family. So he, if he's accepting all that stuff, that means he's in it for the long term. And if he's in it for the long term, uh, it doesn't matter that they're really at the lowest point in one international cricket. It just matters that he's willing to stay there longer. And if and if uh, they give him, a, they let him do his job. I think he can make a big difference uh, to bring the team up because Australian teams, they're always, always all their players practice everything. You know, it's just not one-dimensional players. All the players will practice. And one of the things that Pakistan has improved and they still need to work on is building for all the players. And that's it. It really changes. A match it really changes the series, and it can change like the whole ranking and the whole team. If you have every player who can run and who can who can dive, who can slide, who can catch, and everyone uh, everyone everyone gets into the game and everyone's doing well and supporting each other. All right, definitely, I agree. Uh, fundamentals is a big part in fielding. I'm in. You can win and lose games easily just by a fielding error there, a, f a fielding play error there. So uh, getting into the ODI matches now in the Pakistan-England series, uh, the first match, England won by 44 runs. So what do you think, uh, what was your overall take on that first match that, was, uh, that took place yesterday? Uh, I think uh, for Pakistan, uh, batting has, uh, has been a problem in the last decade, I would say, uh, because Pakistan has always produced phenomenal bowlers. Uh, that's never an issue. Uh, Omar Gill has made him, has made a comeback, and he's he is like the most consistent bowler that's been on the Canadian uh, on the Pakistani team. <laughs> so on the Pakistani team for the last decade, he uh, he just comes, he will do his business, he'll have a good economy rate, he'll get, a, get two to three wickets a match, and uh, and he can come and do the death bowling in the end overs when you need it in a close match. Uh, I think. We, we need to concentrate on our batting. Uh, I'm not sure what the number is, but Pakistan has the most uh, number of openers that have been tried in the last 12 months. And uh, I think it's just, that's one of the biggest issues is that we don't have a set opener. Uh, and I think they need to give Sami Aslam a chance in one day international with Azhar Ali. Both of those uh, batsmen are, are calm and uh, they will hit when they need to, but they play, they play maturely and uh, they hit the right balls. They don't they don't make a lot of mistakes. 
Sergio played a phenomenal inning against Ireland, but Ireland obviously is a much uh, uh, is not a team as strong as England, so that won't always work. Um, I think uh, we have a middle order that is pretty good with Shwe Malik coming in the middle order. Uh, Sir Faz does pretty good in the middle order. Um, Bob Razam is also good. Uh, we just need to get Openers and the one down, so top three batsmen, we need to have set. And that's what we need to look at. If we got a good start, then our middle order does good. If we got a shitty start, our middle order does shitty too. That's how it is with the Pakistani team. And the, the bowling has never been, an, uh, never been a problem, so the bowling will be fine. Okay, and uh, you mentioned Sami Aslam, Azhar Ali. Uh, do you think these guys can kind of be X factors in this series and kind of... Uh if they're let loose and can kind of just put Pakistan over the top in this series and ultimately give them a, a good step towards uh, qualifying for the 2019 World Cup? Oh, yeah, it'll def- it'll, uh, definitely. I haven't seen Sami Aslam in one day before, but even if he can do the same kind of batting he did in, in the test and Azhar Ali does a little bit of faster batting, they'll be fine. Because then if Azhar Ali... He has a really high average in, in one-day internationals. I don't remember off the top of my head what it is. And Sami Aslam, if he does what he did in the test matches, then these guys can have, you know, on average, a 100-run partnership to open the open the score. And if that's the case, then one-third of the job has already been done by your openers. And then if you have 100 runs in 20, 22 overs, you know, the, you still have more than half of the inning come and, and do a lot of hitting with the, you know the rest of the uh, rest of the nine wickets so I think we need to get openers because before it was the same thing that we would get our first wicket second wicket third wicket and even the fourth wicket out really quickly but then we would have Mispa to come and kind of slow things down but not get out and still hit 50 to 80 runs you know and then you know get some score going and then we would have a Quidi come in after and just you know, do a, do a lot of hitting in the last few overs. So, you know, you got a respectable score. But right now, both of those guys are gone. So we have to adjust and we have to get really solid openers and the batsmen to follow them. All right, definitely. And what do you what do you think uh, will happen uh, going forward? Uh, there's four ODIs left and one uh, and a one-off 2020. How do you think it's ultimately going to play out with the rest of the ODI matches? Um, if, if they don't if they don't make any changes and they keep on playing the same eleven guys, uh, we're not winning the one day international series. Um, I, I think uh, I think we'll lose three two, and the T twenty is just uh, really unpredictable format. Any team can beat anyone. It's just twenty overs. It's just one match. Um, so at that one, I can't predict anything because it just. Because T20 is such a short format, any lucky thing, you know, can change the whole outcome for the whole uh, whole match. So, I think one day international, if you make uh, the changes, bring some Yaslam. Um, and one other thing is that we haven't retested Hafiz's bowling action. Hafiz is not allowed to bowl again. He's a... Uh, He's more consistent as a bowler than he is at a bat. He is as a batsman. That's why he lost his place in the in the test matches. Uh, so if it, 
I, I don't know why they haven't retested his bowling action. They should have retested it and uh, he should have been bowling because we need another spinner. Um, we have Mohammad Nawaz as an all-rounder, which he's very good. We have uh, Imad Asim, who's also good. He's an all-rounder, but uh, Hafiz has so much experience. Uh, the last match, or one of the last last match, or the second last match before he got banned last year, he he came in, he hit a century, and he took four wickets. He was one wicket away from making a record that no one's ever done before, hitting a century and taking five wickets. So he's, he's a really crucial player who's in bad form and uh, hasn't cleared his bowling action. So he'll need... Uh, Elite, uh, if he can get get there, and if he can get started bowling in there, like it would make a big difference. Okay, definitely. Uh, yeah, I have a feeling uh, Sami Aslam is going to step up uh, big in this ODI, and I think he's going to have a kind of a breakout moment. And I, I think Pakistan will ultimately win the ODI series. So I mean, I hope so, man. But yeah, yeah if, they, if they try Sami Aslam, if they try a few the players, then they have a chance for sure. All right, definitely. Uh, any other topics you want to touch on uh, in regards to Pakistan? Uh, one other thing I want to touch on is uh, the PSL, the Pakistan Super League. Uh, they've initiated the process of uh, of having the PSL final in Lahore next year in March. Um, it'll be a long process, but they, they've proven it for... For a match, it shouldn't be a problem. They can give army security and protocol and air support, so everyone will be safe. Um, but that can be a big, big deal. Um, uh, I'm probably going to be in Pakistan around that time, and if I am, I'll for sure go to that event. And, uh, and it will be a big boost for Pakistan, and it's really impressive that Pakistan is number one in test, and they haven't played a test at home for the past seven years that just goes to say like how good our team is right now just playing away games because look at all Australia's a really good team and they've been they've been they've lost uh, they've been sweeped in the last three four series um, uh, so called whitewash so being away from home and getting the number one test ranking is a big deal and I think uh, whatever sort of cricket as long as it happening in Pakistan like the Zimbabwe series it'll just help it'll just help with the, the, the players morale the fans morale and the management's morale okay definitely uh, so uh, with that uh, always a pleasure having you on Ennis uh, really appreciate your insight uh, thank you definitely looking to have you on again in the future so uh, everybody thank you for listening uh, I'll probably be back later this week uh, or early next week with to start uh, the NFL podcast and probably the over-unders. That's what we'll start with. So once again, thank you for listening.